welcome back to the Stadium Journey podcast. Thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, our website, stadiumjourney.com, is the world leader in sports travel information. We've got reviews of over 2,500 stadiums from all around the world there. Go check them out. And we are more than just that awesome website, soon to be even awesomer. Connect with us on all social media channels at Stadium Journey. You can find audio versions of the Stadium Journey podcast and all of our lovely voices by searching on your phone, wherever you look for your favorite podcast, H-I-A-C, Talk Radio Network. There we are. Video simulcast. So if you don't, if the voices aren't enough, you want to see our pretty faces too, go to our YouTube. 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 <laughs> it's the Ohio <laughs> Chili YouTube. You sound like my niece and nephew. You poop. <laughs> don't go to the you poop page. That's probably really a thing. The YouTube don't search page. that. Yeah, not at work. Oh, no, I'm not interested. <laughs> well, uh, one, Paul, one time I was what is at work. Poop? What is one time poop? I was at work and went to go to Dick's Sporting Goods and typed in dicks.com. You don't know what I found. Oh, <laughs> yes, anyway, I do. Dicks. Yes, I do. You found dicks. I did. Dick. I didn't. Funny enough, it didn't hit the firewall. Anyway, our ca- classic back catalog <laughs> podcast can still be found at vocnation.com. <laughs> and for those of you who want to listen to this, scintillating conversation live you can join our studio audience every other tuesday night at 7 eastern at danlaw.tv let me take a second to introduce everybody dave cotney's here follow him online at brofan9 mark Viquez is online at ballpark hunter the other guy dan calachico is here you can follow him at danlaw83 with all the ectos fired up and i'm gonna have another one next week did you buy one from Providence? I didn't buy one from Providence. You were pissing me. Uh, you're making me. You're exciting me slash pissing me out because all those pictures. I was like, look at all the cool stuff. I want one. <laughs> oh, buy me a jersey. Ooh, you should have seen what they went for an auction. I if it's a, if it's below a thousand, I'll be surprised. A couple were. Yeah. But anyway, let's see. What's my name again? Paul Baker. You're, you can follow me at Puckman Ri. So let's get into our topic for tonight. Uh, a year ago, Major League Baseball staged what can accurately, I think, be called a coup in the minor league baseball world. They took took over the whole operation of all the leagues, reorganized the whole structure. They eliminated entire levels of the sport and uh, centralized everything in their grimy little hands. So tonight we want to take a look at the reorganization a year later from a fan's perspective, talk about what's working for us, what's not working and what we're indifferent to. So one positive thing to start off with uh, 2022 is they got rid of those God awful generic nicknames that they had last year when they had like AAA East, North, oh, AAA, yes. West, Thankfully. South, and they went back to the traditional minor league names. So we'll start off with a good thing. Yeah, you know, that well, was there's, tra- there's more good than that. Yeah, there's there's more good. There's more good, and I guess uh, I guess we could start with the. Uh, should we start with the Appalachian League? Does that sound? Or should we start with the Pioneer League? How some well, we, leagues we can yeah we can start with some of the. Te- I, I wasn't going to go there right I, off the bat, but we yeah. can. We can go wherever we want, wherever this yeah. river takes us. Uh, so I, yeah, I, some of the teams got handed a big pile of lemons, a big pile of steaming crap, but really turned a negative into a positive and yes. talking about the Appalachian League for instance 
Yeah, no, I, I definitely. And, and we went, I think I went to five Appalachian leagues, uh, stadiums last year. And I can tell you heading into 2020, I I'd never paid attention to the Appalachian league. It was only if I happened to be in the area that I wanted to see a game, but when they became a summer collegiate league operated by USA baseball, all of them had to rebrand their names. And I started getting excited. I'm like, okay, let's see what some of these names are. And the first one was the Burlington sock puppets. And they knocked it out of the ballpark. I've told their GM Anderson Rantburn about that. Uh, We went to a game there. That's where the meetup was. That's why we were there because we had them on. If if Major League Baseball did not get rid of them, I don't think we would have had them on the show last year. And uh, we would not have been in Burlington, North Carolina uh, in a meetup. So it's uh, for the Stadium Journey annual meetup. So that's a positive thing. We we all checked out an Appalachian League game last year. It's so, all the merchandise that Burlington yes. sold as the sock yes. puppets compared to as what they would have sold as the Royals. As the Royals, you know, the Otterbots, the Johnson City Doughboys, the Flyboys of Greenville. All I don't I would like to see I don't know if there's like a list to show which profits were made, but yeah, none of those teams would have I, I don't know who was buying Elizabethtown uh, twins cap, but when you become the River Riders with cool new colors, yeah, you're going to go crazy and buy that stuff. And hopefully it persists uh, for years to come. Uh, but coast to coast, several countries, people are buying your merchandise. So you're doing a great thing with that. And the social media presence is amazing with some of these ball clubs. And it's really put the Appalachian League on the map because now they're doing that old-fashioned hustle and bustle and you know entertainment, promotions. Uh, I, I think the Danville Otterbots have some – have some new things coming to their ballpark uh, to in, in the upcoming seasons uh, for renovations. So it's going to be an exciting time for all these teams. And it's an exciting time right now. And I wish I was in the area. I would love to go back to some of those games. Uh, but yeah, at first you're thinking, Oh my God, they got rid of the rookie league. And you know, we're not going to see a, a kid like Vlad Guerrero jr. Cause that's where he started from as a 17 year old in that league. We're not going to see a guy like him anymore, but who knows? Maybe you'll see some, you know, second or third year college player who is uh, honing their skills with the bat, make it to the big leagues one day. So that that possibility is still there uh, and the history is still there and the fun, the excitement and the red hot dogs in Danville and, uh, you know, the cheap prices, the, the, the red oak beer at Burlington. Uh, it's Yeah, it's all that all that stuff is going to be there. And I wish them the best and, and God bless them. So that that's something that I I thought about and, and with the with the purge originally, you know, I I guess I kind of like everybody else, I was outraged, and then mm-hmm. I, I basically talking it on here. I think I fucked myself out of my own outrage there. Um, I, one thing that like my son has become this crazy baseball guy right now, and so you know he 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 is one of. Uh, a very few number of people who are not directly involved in major league baseball or being drafted by major league baseball that actually knows anything about the major league baseball draft. Right. And it has not translated the way that football has or basketball has or hockey has the draft. So I began to think, well, who cares about who those players are? Nobody knows them. Right. It's not like maybe you've heard of the top, three or four, but if you live in, in wherever rookie league city, you know, do you care about the the guys that are going to be there for five minutes? Um, 
on their way to the next step, right? I, I guess the big question that I, I came up with was wh why do these cities need affiliation? Why do they need those those players who who aren't going to stick around anyway, who aren't going to be there long anyway, who really have no connection to their area anyway, right? It's not like, you know, the guys for the I, I don't even know where the, the Jays rookie ball team was, Pulaski, wherever that is, right? Like, it's not like it was around the corner and, and, and people were, we got to go, we got to go here because we got to see these guys. Now, I mean, some places are a little different. Like, you know, I, in Boston, everybody has to be within five minutes of Boston or else they can't be in an affiliate or something like that. But no, that's, that's I, not true. So it, Bluefield it, Blue Jays in West Virginia. It, it, it seemed to me that. At, you know, after thinking about it, right? If baseball is, is so important to that community, it's going to stay. So all the promo things and all the stuff they were doing in the ballpark, there's no reason that had to change. Major League Baseball had nothing to do with that. So they could be independent teams and still do those things or do them better, right? Like, like you were talking about with these Appalachian teams. But it wasn't reliant on those players. It wasn't reliant on the players that were coming in. And that's essentially what the big change was. Well, I think the money was there. I, I, now you're, you know, at one time, they, I guess they're not paying the players now. I don't know how much more it is to operate an Appalachian League club now compared to when it was a rookie. I, you, talk to people, you talk to folks, they'll tell you different, different numbers. Uh, but I, I assume the, the coaches and the trainers were covered by uh, the, the parent club, along with the bats and the balls and the equipment. So I, I'm curious if that can make a big difference. You know, like, what do you do now to say, hey, we got this extra cost. However, we can still make that up and turn a profit if we do A, B, and C. So that would be the only thing I would worry about. Yeah, you're right. You're still not paying for your players because these are rookies. These are college kids. You're not paying them. You're finding host families for them. And uh, I think you probably have some more freedom on how you promote things. So you don't really have to listen to the, the bosses up in Toronto or, or the Yankees or whatever. So yeah, it's uh, that'd be the only question I would have. How, how much, how much more are you paying to operate compare to when you were a rookie league affiliate? Right. Um, from what I've known, and I don't have any numbers, so take this for what it's worth. Um, the cost of these teams that have dropped out of pro ball and I can take just from uh, up here in the, my corner of the country, teams like uh, Nashua, Brockton, Worcester, who've dropped from Pro Lynn, Pittsfield, who've dropped from Pro Ball down to Summer College Ball. While there are some new costs, the overall operating expenditures, from what I've heard, is a lot less. Okay. Because yeah, I heard like, you, like you said, Mark, um, you've you're, you got college kids there for the summer, so they're not getting paid. So you're paying some staff people – but now what you're what you're gaining is you're gaining a whole lot more control over your your costs yeah. and your potential profit areas. And to support what Dave was saying, you know, I did a lot of in this, you know, again, just from my perspective in this corner of the country, we did a lot of New York Penn League games back in the day. There were a lot of teams in this area. Um, and every, on any given, you know, they always sold it as these are the future Red Sox. These are the future Yankees you're looking at. At that low level of the minors, you were lucky if two <laughs> of those guys made it all the way up to the majors. So you were just basically seeing some fillers and 
and guys who weren't going to make or make it a couple levels, but you weren't seeing a whole lot of major leaguers down at that level. So the elimination of those teams, maybe like Dave was saying, maybe not the worst thing in the world. Well, and and from the uh, from the other side, and we had remember we had Greg Larson who wrote the book on being a, a clubhouse attendant, right? Mm-hmm. So as at the higher levels, you know the the major league teams are providing their players with better everything, right? They're they've put the pressure on those cities to make sure that their their uh, stadiums are are up to a certain level. I just read something today that Rochester um, got their financing in line so that they can do their upgrades, which Major League Baseball is is requiring. Um, I I think it was about two thirds of it was, you know, Major League Baseball issued kind of things, a uh, batting tunnel, uh, you know, uh, locker rooms for women and, and yes, coaches and, and under you know under the stands kind of things. And and one third was like what they call patron improvements, so stuff that you and I would would see. That um, they're getting a better wage. They're not having to pay you know clubhouse dues for bologna sandwiches or whatever, which is kind of ridiculous, or to have their laundry done. Um, and, and you know, th- in, in what other sport do they have to run? You know, five other teams. Like it's it's like hockey back in the in the fifties where each hockey team had five farm teams or whatever all over the country. You know, the Leafs were in Tulsa and they had two other teams in Toronto and they had a team out west and they're like you know in in the NHL now they have like two, right? There's a they have an AHL affiliate and probably an ECHL affiliate and that's it. You know, football has nothing. Um, yeah, they do. They and, have the NCAA. NCAA. Well, yeah. <laughs> sort of. Uh, you know, basketball. They have their they have their one league, the G but, League. You know, it, like and like you said, Paul. If only two of those guys were coming up from the bottom and making it all the way, that's a lot of expense to for those two guys. Wouldn't you rather put that into better facilities, better training, better nutrition? you know, better amenities, you know, doctors and trainers and, and, and all those kinds of things uh, to better make those players succeed at the, at the top level. I mean, uh, for sure. So maybe, maybe changes where that were a long time coming. Mark, when we started, you had mentioned the pioneer league. Is that a success or is that, you know, that's a good question. They uh, became an MLB draft or MLB partner league. Yeah, when so I, think weird of those, from, I think of Trent. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, it's, it's become uh, an independent league. I'm not sure what's happening out there. I haven't really spoke to folks, uh, anybody from the league. You know, it would be nice to hear some feedback for anyone who's listening. Do you know how things are in Billings and Great Falls and Missoula and Missoula, Boise, you know, I know they're opening up a new ballpark for the Northern Colorado Owls this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that should be exciting. And the Glacier Rage Riders, say that three times fast, up in Montana. So they, they do have two new clubs joining this year. And, you know, once again, it's, uh, you know, they have the freedom 
to do whatever the heck they want with promotions or, you know, with players. They don't have players coming and going, uh, moving up the ladder, let's say. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, the New York Penn League just got dissolved, and all those teams, some of them got brought into affiliated baseball. Yep. Some went Indy, some went summer. Yeah. Some went summer, some, some went Indy. Some just stopped. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them just stopped, you know, the Appalachian League. They all just became under USA Baseball. And then, of course, the Pioneer League uh, became an independent league. So it's even those three leagues that have been around for hundreds of years. They all had different paths uh, to where those clubs are now. And uh, it, it's it's a shame that you get rid of the history. But if you look at the New York Penn League, I look at a club like, you know, and I'm segueing to the NYPL, uh, Batavia, they, their time had come. You know, they, they had no no business being affiliated anymore. That's the perfect stadium. That's the perfect town. That's the perfect area uh, location for a summer collegiate league. And I really hope people embrace that and enjoy it and say to themselves, hey, you know, we're not in the New York Penn League anymore. However, we still got the Muck Dogs. We still got the great ballpark here. And we can, you know, we can hunt, go on the road and see, you know, nearby towns. Uh, you know, if we want to take a road trip. So I really hope people embrace that. Uh, we'll see. Well, you know, we'll see within in three, five years if we still have some of these yeah. teams playing. I hope so. I really do. I don't know. I, I think of uh, Norwich, which went the same route. They oh. dropped on the summer college. I went to a game last year at the Sea Unicorns, and they've got a 6,000-seat ballpark that at one point was double-A. Was double-A. That's the problem. And That's the now problem. is maybe there were maybe 200 people at the game yeah. I went to. But now, but Dodd Stadium is doing something unique. They're going to have two different summer college teams from two different leagues playing in there. No, oh, you okay. have to. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. The, the Sea Unicorns, you know, I, I think they were supposed to debut their new branding in 2020. And then the league, the, you know, it got shut down. And then when they were ready to, to show it off of the New York Ped League, it was, oh, you're not in New York Penn League anymore. And I think they were one of the last ball clubs to announce what they were doing. I think they made their their announcement pretty late, but you know, there see, there's the problem there compared to the Muck Dogs. Muck Dogs is this old, classic 2,600 seat stadium built decades ago, and I believe the uh, Dodd Stadium, where the Sea Unicorns play, you know, was built for the Yankees, a Double A affiliate, about 25 years, 25, 26 years ago, seats 6,000. You know, I don't think a summer collegiate league club should have. 6,000 seats. That's way too big unless you're filling it like a Savannah Bananas or Madison Mallards, but no, you're the, those are the exceptions. So yeah, you do. And that, that's one of the drawbacks, a club like the sea unicorns. I would, I would like to see in the Atlantic league. Cause I think they fit that mold a little bit better, but w- would you have more than 200 people there? If that was an independent league, Compared to a summer collegiate league, see those hold, are hold, hold that thought. I want to get back to that one, Mark. With Dan's okay. been waiting. Good, we had to wait it's for not you. Been, it's not wasted. Oh, oh, really? Really? You're gonna go there, Mark? <laughs> the man, the guy who beat you for the last two and a half years of this podcast is late one time, and you're gonna ah, go there. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Uh, I just wanted to read that. Badass, uh, Badash said, "No, football has the AAF." I mean the XFL. I mean the USFL. <laughs> Badass, join us in two weeks because our topic will be 
Does anybody really care about any other football leagues besides the no, NFL? The answer is no. I really tried with the stars, and then about two game, two weeks in, I was like, I, I, I was upset. Then, then I was Dan upset. realized they had nothing to do with Philadelphia. They were in Atlanta or in and, Alabama, and, and, and I immediately that. dropped them like a bad <laughs> habit. It's made for TV, but yeah, we'll say that for it the was US that weird mascot, wasn't it, Dan? Yeah, <laughs> no, no, that's not what put me over the edge. It being right, football. Mark. Mark, that point I wanted to get back to. Norwich might have been screwed by Worcester. Because okay. when, when uh, the Paw Sox moved and they just decided that McCoy Stadium, by the way, anybody who's listening, McCoy Stadium will now be the site of Pawtucket's new high school. Yeah. But um, since there was no mm. other team in that geographic area, if there was a team in the Providence, Rhode Island area, and you got a team in Norwich, that would yeah, kind of... that's close. So with Bridgeport bowing out and turning their ballpark into a concert venue and Pawtucket just deciding to not even do anything with baseball. I think Norwich got left on an island with no other choices. So yeah. No, and, and, that Norwich. Yeah. and that happened with the Lancaster Jethawks uh, about an hour and a half north of Los Angeles. They got they got booted out because I think uh I think if Fresno just because Fresno was a triple A team and then they went down to the California league. So that bumped out Lancaster follow me. But when Lancaster was not allowed to continue, was not invited. They did. They didn't have anybody else to play. I think they suggested the Pecos league. Well, if you don't oh, think about the what, Pecos a, what a drop league, that would have been. <laughs> wow. What? I mean, the Pecos league and, you know, the Pecos league is what it is. But they're dusty ballparks. Some of them you really question their, uh, you know, I can't even think of the word. Uh, Safety. Yeah, I don't know. You question their reputation of being a ballpark. It's like, okay, there's just a couple stands in a ball field here. And you're telling the Lancaster Jethawks, who have a nice stadium, seats a few thousand to go yeah yeah just join the pecos league you'll be fine no you're not going to be fine so they they close up shop and i don't know i don't know if baseball is going to return to uh that ballpark because there's not unless they're in the california league which means they'd have to be affiliated with the major league baseball something they were not allowed to have so uh and what do you do with an empty ballpark that big you knock it down so yeah. that that could be the fate I think Fresno. Hangar. I think Fresno saw the right that same writing on the Walmart, yeah. like you were talking about, because yeah. they were given a choice. All right, you're a Triple A team, but hey, we're going to put you in Single A. Yes, you can like it, or you can go without. Yes, or because you can Lancaster go without. Lancaster was waiting in the wings. Lancaster. Yeah. Like, if yep. Fresno drops out, then you're in, but otherwise you're out. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it, and it's it's too bad. Like Bakersfield, nice sized town, could easily probably house a Triple A or Double A. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, a triple A or, or a definitely a, a California league, terrible ballpark. Samlin ballpark is God awful. And they're in the Pecos league. You can see where, where, <laughs> uh, where they, they are now. So it's uh, yeah. A lot of dominoes fell. You know, you look at Vermont, uh, New York Penn league. They're in the new, uh, are they in I'm the futures college. league? They're in the Futures League. They're in the Futures League. Them and Norwich join the Futures League. I hope they're doing well there. I can't tell you what's happening, but. It's a nice size ballpark. I think it will do. I think it. I think it will do fine. You know the. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be fine. The Valley Cats uh, went to the Frontier League. I was kind of shocked by that, but God bless them. Hopefully, it works out for them too. All right, because- so, so these cities. All right, we talked about some places that went to summer college ball. How about the teams that decided, hey, let's let's oh, yeah. do indie ball? 
Now that's going to be a whole different ball of wax because we just we just mentioned summer college leagues. At least your costs are coming down, so it's going to be able. You're going to be able to sustain operations even with lower lower monies coming in. Now with an independent league, that's not the case because you've got to pay your players and your staff and and your coaches and and travel in the Frontier League. You've the got travel. teams stretching up from Canada. You got a team in Quebec. You've got you've got Albany Lexington. And, and New York City, and then you've got all the way across to the Chicago area in that league. So there's quite a bit of travel involved as well. Yeah. How they, are those they, teams making out? Well, you know, here's the thing with Lexington. I think Brandon Phillips, the former uh, 30-30 man for the Cincinnati Reds, I want to say he's part owner and he plays for them. Uh, so one part about being independent, you can have Brandon Phillips play for you. But is that enough to get out folks? You could probably is have Ricky former Henderson Reds. still available. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, he probably could still play. I saw him in 05 in San Diego. Surf Dogs, that was an independent league club in the Golden Baseball League. So I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt if Ricky can still suit up and steal a few bases. Oh, Ricky could still play. Ricky could always play. Yes, yes. But, you know, that's the thing with Lexington. Uh, you know, we had a, conver- I had a conversation with Paul before the show. I have a couple buddies there who just hate that club, hate the team not being affiliated anymore. And they say nothing but negatives about it. And But then I talked to a few other people in Gastonia and they say positive things about Lexington. You know, I look at Charleston who became, who went for the West Virginia power, one of the worst names in baseball. Sorry if I'm offending anybody to the Charleston dirty birds. So, you know, that was a nice little, nice little change of pace, but you're right to travel Lexington, Charleston. Uh, I think frontier also has Evansville, Indiana, and then they're out in the Albany, Schenectady, Troy area. I mean, they're I all over the place. New York. I can't Boulders. believe I'm going to do this. Um, but I'm going to have to correct your independent baseball knowledge because okay, Lexing- Lexington is in the Atlantic. In the Atlantic League, oh, yeah. Oh, you're right. Okay, so. Uh, I should have done that with that yeah. with the echo voice. but mm. You're wrong. Okay. <laughs> you are wrong, Mark. They you are, are wrong. in the Atlantic All right. League. So, okay, okay. I, I, I got you. So the Atlantic <laughs> League with Charleston. They're in the Atlantic League, and they got to play Stan Island. They got to play Lancaster. Pennsylvania. Staten Island took a couple years off. Now they're in the Atlantic League. And now they have to play York. Yeah, Staten Island is, uh, and I think, okay, let's just forget that I made that mistake. So Staten Island. It is the highlight because (laughs) I used my echo. (laughs) So Staten Island now gets to be the Ferry Hawks, and they don't have to be called the Yankees. And now, now they can promote all through the island and get folks to visit their stadium, something that apparently they weren't doing when they were affiliated based on one second. Based on somebody that follow on Twitter. Go ahead. I'm losing my voice. We got Mark all excited to talk about minor league You see what you did? (laughs) You see what you did to him? This terrible school. Hey, at least that didn't happen to you while you were trying to announce a game. That happened to me. The force force is strong with him, and it's weakening. (laughs) Yes, yeah. They're in the Atlantic League. I wanted them to be in the Frontier League. That's probably uh, what I'm thinking of. Because (laughs) freaking the y'alls, Florence y'alls are right up the road. But I get it. They want to be professional and and play a longer season. So have fun. So, yeah. So I wonder how those teams are going to make out because there will probably be less money coming in and – and probably added expense now because yeah. you don't get those subsidies subsidies 
from Major League Baseball. Yeah, the now travel. I, I don't know what that's like. Okay. Go is ahead. the Atlantic League one of those will, Partner will, allow, will allow you to say that you're affiliated sort of with minor league baseball, but you're not really affiliated with minor yes. league baseball? MLB but, partner, yeah. MLB partner okay. league, yes. Because yeah. they're actually, yeah, I just clicked them on. They're still under the MILB. Um, yeah, they all, you know, website, I think umbrella. the three big indie leagues, the Frontier League, the, the uh, American Association, and the Atlantic League are all partner leagues, I think. And the Pioneer League, I believe, as well. Okay. I believe, yeah, but you know, it's uh, it's yeah, it's just interesting. I think you know, for every success story, you have maybe a couple non-success. I think absolutely. Uh, like I think if you look at the Midwest League clubs, you have the two Clinton and Burlington. Make sure I said that right. Clinton and Burlington they joined the Prospect League, which fits the map perfectly for them. And I think they saw, and I think they saw a lot of success with that. They had huge crowds. I don't think they, I don't think attendance was affected as much because they were in this new league, more so than maybe COVID or weather. So, I'm looking. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad those those two teams played once again. Two small towns, two older ballparks that just were like, okay, you don't have what it takes to be an affiliate anymore. Even though if you talk to Ted Turno, who I think is the GM of the Lumber Kings in Clinton. He'll tell you otherwise. They'll say, "Hey guys, if you, <laughs> what was the last time you went to our ballpark and saw any of our facilities? You know, like it's one thing if you came down here and you had a conversation with me, but to just say this out of the clear blue sky and you haven't been down here in decades, you know. But uh, but they're doing well and they had options. A lot of some teams had options. They they could have went the independent route. They could have went summer collegiate, but I think they looked at their checkbooks and their budgets and they said, "Okay, let's let's go this. Let's do this now." Maybe some of these teams opt to do independent in the future. I don't know. Maybe some hit down to summer college. Well, we, yeah, I guess like we want to go there now. Yeah, like some teams well, did this prior to uh, yeah. this uh, this purge. Isn't this all part of like the modernization of sport, though? Right. So much is changing. Uh, you know, newspapers are. are kind of not really a thing anymore no, and we say that you know we used to have i don't know if you guys had this down there but you used to have these huge baseball radio networks where you know all of these satellite stations would play you know the major league baseball game or, or for wherever right like in ontario you there were cities all over the place stations all over the place that would play the jays game and now it's like a quarter of that because yeah, um, everybody picks up streaming now. Yeah, yeah. You, you just have so much more access to everything. So, you know, I'm, I know that there are some weirdos like us that just would rather go and, and sit at the ballpark <laughs> than, than watch on TV. We are weird. Right? But when, when you don't yourself. have to have – you don't have to have an, a, a local newspaper to follow your team. No. You don't have to have a local radio station to follow your team. You could just do it all online. You know, does your team, is your team the, the Clinton Lumber Kings or is it the, the Cubs, right? How much time? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, Dave froze. I thought I froze. Are yes. people going to spend out at the ballpark versus? 
Oh, he froze again. I froze? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> now you're back. I'm back. You made back, a back, big, back grand gesture, and we didn't catch it. Yeah, and then I was stuck. Like that. No, but wait. You know, if I uh, I don't know exactly where I left off, but, you know, if you don't need all those local things, you know, are you going to go out to the ballpark or are you going to stay at home and, and watch the Cubs or listen to the Cubs if, you you know, you got a yard and that's what you want to do and, you know, or sit by the pool or whatever. Um that sense of you know I, that sense of community that you get at the ballpark like is that is that really even a thing anymore right and does major league baseball have to foot the bill for all of that mhm yeah, yeah times they are changing yeah cuz i think each major league baseball team saved about a million bucks per team based on Cutting this cut, I don't know. I don't know if it's. I, I don't know if it's that higher, or I don't know if it's that actual low. But it's. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's things have changed. I mean, now you look at teams that sell merchandise, and let's go back to the Appalachian League, Danville and Burlington, and I'm sure some other clubs there probably sold thousands dollars of merchandise to folks that never even stepped foot in their town into their. Or how ballpark. about a team? That doesn't even belong to any league. The Carolina Disco Turkeys. Disco Turkeys, yeah. Or the Who Savannah are... Bananas right now doing the barnstorming tour. Yeah, well, yeah, they're in the As coastal plain. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but yeah, that team is. Ooh, that that team is doing something insane. Uh, and, and they they, if you look at but you look at Savannah. That was uh, the Sad Nats were a Mets affiliate, and they're like, yeah, we don't want to play here. You got an old stadium. This was several years ago. They left. Savannah came in and and reinvented how people go to a baseball game. Because uh, I think what I think what they told me is uh, for twenty five or, th- or twenty bucks, it's all you can eat. Tickets, like everybody who gets a ticket there, it's all you can eat. Really, for everybody who yeah. comes in, something like that. They have a lot of those tickets, and I I think we're going to see a lot more of that. I know we see sections like that at the ballpark. But you know how it was at Burlington this year? We had the armbands, and you just go get your food and bring it back. I think we're going to see tickets like that. You know, make sure that everybody is is getting entertained somehow. So, oops, sorry about that. Uh, but, yeah, it's uh, it, it was a shock to see all these teams get knocked out. And here's the thing. If you grew up watching one of these teams, because some of these clubs had been around for many years, it wasn't as if, you know, some of these teams were brand new. Uh, I'm trying to look here at this list in front of me. You know, Hagerstown had been around for a while. Burlington, Clinton, you had uh, you had the Chattanooga Lookouts were initially on that list. Could you imagine right. if they, they got rid of them? The Jackson Generals, I think, are going to be joining the Prospect League in 2023. I don't know how that's going to look because they're a little bit outside the map, but, you know, best of luck to them. Hagerstown's building a new ballpark and are going to join the Ameri- yeah. the Atlantic League. The Atlantic League, I know that. So, <laughs> I know so here's that. a here's a question that probably most people really don't care about and is way too um, specific. Um, that Hank Aaron Stadium that we went to that was really terrible and oh yeah, really Mobile. toasty. Yeah. Did they did they bulldoze that thing? I don't know. I don't think so. No, that's immobile. Probably still there. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what's. I don't think there's a team playing and they're like a summer collegiate professional team Ooh, uh, summer collegiate. toasty <laughs> i don't think there's I any still, summer collegiate leagues out there i'm there. still sweating from that game 
(laughs) With all the dragonflies? Yeah. Yeah. There were more dragonflies than people. There were. There were. All right, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about the bottom of the of the structure, the minor league structure, and how it affected teams. How about up at the top? Because there were some big moves at the AAA level. Um, a couple of independent league teams moved in. A couple teams moved from the Pacific Coast League over to the International League. So we had big changes of oh, yeah. at the top also. Do you remember Do you remember how freaky we thought the, the, the whole AAA thing at the top was going to was going to pan out and, and there, there were all these questions and whatnot. And outside of like a real small handful, not a lot changed. I didn't think, you know, of the, the, the teams that, you know, who got hosed out of that deal was Trenton. the teams that thought they were going to be triple A teams. <laughs> You're like Wichita. No, no soup for you. Oh, no, 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 you're right. Because a brand new ballpark for AAA, and no, oh. sorry, double A for yeah, you. No, sorry. Well, double. you know what? They, they should be happy that they actually have a nice ballpark in their Philly. You sound like Major League Baseball, Mark. You should be happy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> should be happy. Take what it we would have, you and like it. I mean, but, I I think Wichita would be a great AAA location, but it just works out better this way. I'm sure if St. Paul Saints decide not to be. <laughs> affiliated anymore i'm sure wichita could take their place somehow the, but, uh, the affiliates in triple a just make a whole lot more sense now i think than they did before right like having it's not well, perfect ha- but yeah ha- having yeah, uh, yeah, i'll never be perfect well, having it you know uh, rochester with an east coast team as opposed to minnesota having vegas with a west coast team instead mm-hmm. of whoever the poor suckers were that that were left in the dance coming in. Yeah. Um, but so many of them just make sense, right? Like Lehigh Valley and, and Philly and Cincinnati and Louisville and, and uh, Gwinnett and Atlanta, Toronto and Buffalo, Cleveland and Columbus, you know, even Jacksonville and Miami makes a whole lot more sense than before. Yep. Um, then Las Vegas and Miami or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> or the Mets yeah. in Las Vegas. Yeah. Time. Yeah. The Jays were in Vegas. I think Washington was last in Vegas. Florida Marlins and Edmonton at one time. Vegas was the Mets, (laughs) Badash says. They were. Yeah, at one point, yeah. Vegas was a different team every year because no, but they were. No. Whenever the carousel spun, whoever was left, you know, it was like playing musical chairs. Whoever ended up not having a seat. Oh, all right, you got Vegas. And you. And post COVID, post COVID, the affiliates needed to be like this, really, because it's this, this up and down shuttle especially since nobody can pitch, right? Like some, some poor schmo gets blown out. He's on a two-way contract. He's in the minors the next day, right? Probably will never pitch in the minors because he's come back up, you know, in, in a week or whatever. Right. Um, so, so to have all those affiliates really close, I think it's been huge. There's, I mean, there's still a couple of, that, of, of them that, that are like, really, you know, like you know, Charlotte and Chicago, that doesn't seem to make a, a ton of sense, I guess, but. Well, they They've like each other in a long yeah. time. Uh, I don't know. How well, close is if it? If you Indian? look at it flight-wise, though, you can probably get to, from Charlotte to Chicago in an hour and a half on a flight. Yeah. Okay. Well, well I mean, in Nashville doesn't make a ton of sense, but Pittsburgh and Indy. Yeah, like yeah. Indianapolis would be perfect. I would love the White Sox to come here. I would love the Reds to come here. Cincinnati, the Cubs, all those would make sense. I think the Cubs in Iowa makes sense because everybody in the Des Moines market is rooting for the Cubbies. And you're not I, too far away. That's not terribly far. I would say 
from my perspective, the, a negative that's happening in in AAA is um, the schedule seems to be even more compacted. Like it, it was kind of tough to see teams in like in different divisions before, right? Like you're always seeing the same, you, you know, where we you always saw Buffalo, you always saw Rochester, you always saw. Um, well, when I when I worked you know, in the Pawtucket, same it was teams. really it was really simple. You played everybody in the other divisions, one series on the road, one series at home, four game, four game, and the teams in your division you saw eight on the road, and eight at home. It worked out perfectly. But yeah, yeah. now and that was something I actually did want to bring up. So thanks, Dave. The scheduling in all minor leagues now, the six game series every Monday off through the whole year for a travel day. What do you guys think of that from a road tripping perspective? it's not that great because now you had to kind of hunt around to, for what to do on a Monday, but well, yeah, it's, it's, now you have the Monday off. Maybe you find a summer collegiate or maybe you just do some other stuff in town. Uh, but it, there, there was a, yeah, I, I know, I know that uh, look who's talking. Uh, but yeah, that, that's the night you take the wife out someplace for me. Uh, Cause I know this summer we're heading down to Texas and I was looking at some schedules and, uh, like, yeah, we have Monday off, you know, as long as we can do this on Tuesday and Thursday, we'll be fine. But, uh, oh, what the heck? I lost my train of thought. Usually during during baseball season, there was always a night where some team was off. But you're right. If one team was off, another team was probably playing that night in the, in the minor leagues. But um, you just got to make the best of it. I mean, it, it sucks going on a trip and, and having that Monday open. And you're like, man, I wish there was a baseball game I can go to. Uh, hopefully a summer collegiate and independently can help you out there uh, and fill or, that gap or where, where I am. Right. Like, so I can get to Buffalo. I can get to Rochester. Um, gee, I really like to see the Nashville sounds or the Memphis Redbirds. Oh, Nashville well, they're not, sounds. they're not on the schedule this year. Oh, well, they're in the same league. How are they not on the schedule? Well, you know, that's, the way, that's 20, the way it goes. 20 teams in the league. That's how it's going to, that's why. Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd be curious what the, the Pacific Coast people feel having kind of like before the leagues were, were kind of balanced, right? Like it was 16 and 14. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty close. But now what four four teams? No, six, 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 six. went over. Um, well, actually, no, it was, um, no, Nashville, it was and Ma- Nashville and Memphis went over Iowa, Iowa, went over Omaha and Omaha. And then a and couple then Jacksonville, teams dropped down. Jacksonville came up. Jacksonville and St. Paul joined. And St. Paul joined. Yeah. And um Sugarland joined the Pacific League. Yeah. Yeah. From the Atlantic League. Which made a lot of sense. They had no business being the Atlantic League. They were way out of the the map. <laughs> here's a here's a question for you. Um, how long until those those poor concession people working in Sugarland are just totally sick of hearing Steve Miller? Mm. <laughs> well, a lot of people like Steve Miller, so the, hopefully, the space hopefully. Oh, if I hear Space Cowboy one more time, well, I'll I'll be there this summer. I'll let you know. I'll ask okay. that question. Yeah, <laughs> me and my cousin up there for a game. That should be fun. Nice. He likes it. His kids like it. So I like the logo. A lot of people don't like yeah. it, but I kind of like I, it. No, I'm, I like I'm liking logo. it now. I'm liking it now. It's like, yeah, I can dig. I like, it. I like it better it. than the old one. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'm okay with it. I understand. I get it. Uh, but before we go, I do want to say the Trenton Thunder, I think, got screwed over. 
Oh, yeah, I wanted to talk about what teams got really screwed in this deal. I, and all I keep thinking of is the MLB draft league, those six teams. But, yeah. especially, but especially Trenton. Yeah, because Trenton and, and Somerset had two very similar ballparks, if not the same, separated by, God, I want to say 20-some miles, uh, give or take. And the attendance, I think, was sort of even for both, that I think each one really would have wanted the other one to get the hell out of town so they could attract more people. But Trenton was affiliated with the Yankees. Somerset was was independent, and they were run pretty well as an independent ball club, just like St. Paul. So when all of a sudden the Yankees are like, bye, Trenton, we're going to Somerset, yeah, that pissed me off too. And then nobody else came to say, hey, we'll be affiliated with you. And they were off. They uh, were asked to join the Atlantic League, which they didn't want to do. And then last year, they're in the MLB Draft League. They're playing less games. The Buffalo Bisons That's came in there. Right. And then they had to kick out the Trenton team to go play in a really rinky-dink college. I want to say Ryder University. That sounds right. It, it was a hot mess. So I, I know I, I talked with Trenton this year on my podcast. And uh, they said things a little bit different. This is what we're doing. So, but yeah, I felt bad because Trent was one of the the granddaddies of minor league baseball in New Jersey. And I hope, I hope they find themselves affiliated down the road once again, because uh, that's, that's a fun place to be. You know, they, you, you, you know what they serve there. I won't mention it, Dan, but <laughs> you know what you could get at a, a, a Trent Thunder game. So, so it's, what uh, would that be? Egg well, McMuffins. It, uh, Taylor Ham, yeah. <laughs> See, I didn't say the other word, but anyway, yeah. It I, I said pork roll on the box. Oh, we really tried. We really tried to go through. You are blind, and North Jersey can't read. Thank you. <laughs> Thank so, you. How far is like the new team, the the Somerset team from from Trenton? How is what's the what's the geography there? Well, Somerset's kind of halfway between New York and Philly, isn't it? Uh, Somerset is located. I've been there. I don't remember where it was. It was in the suburbs. It's 30, it's 38 miles. Somerset's close to Rutgers university. Very close to, that's probably if it's right near the campus. Um, it's right off the interstate. Remember where Somerset is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's in the, it's in the suburbs. I can tell you where Somerset, Massachusetts is. It's in a centralized location of the state where it's easy to get to North and Southeast and West. Trenton is, a little more urban Somerset has a better neighborhood with shopping, easy access on and off. Uh, but yeah, 38 miles. I said about 20 some miles. So well, I know where my mom used to live in New Jersey. I was halfway be- between Trenton and Somerset. It was ridiculous how close they were in miles. So it's, um, I don't so That know. wouldn't I- be, would that be too much for, uh, for, for, Trenton fans to commute there? Oh, no, no. Oh, to commute to Somerset? No, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. If you're looking to watch the... See, that's the interesting part. If you're looking... Like, there's... Where I grew up, you would, you know, you would either go to Somerset, that was close to me, or Trenton, maybe Lakewood, which was a little bit further, but you like going down there because it was a fun time. Or you go to a Jackals game because you just want to see how the Jackals were doing. But I, I don't know if fans in the south of Trenton would want to go travel to Somerset. To well, near things Philly. Out. You can just go there. Yeah, because then you have Philly, and then you have, uh, I don't know what else you have out there now. But 
you know, it's, uh, I, I think he, I think there's a lot of people that live within striking distance of both stadiums. Did, uh, did the presence of Lehigh Valley and how successful they were have any effect on Trenton? Cause that's not such a bad, far trip either. It, it might've, there might be they some a people victim of geography. There could be some people that live in between, uh, both of them, a little, a little bit of a Lehigh Valley. I'm trying to think Allentown to where I live. Allentown's a good, I want to say well over an hour. Oh, okay. But, Maybe it's not as close as I thought, but an easy drive. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. There could be people in between there. Right. That say like somebody in Phillipsburg or somebody in Clinton, New Jersey or Flemington. Really? I'm really coming up with some really awesome towns. I haven't <laughs> been to in years uh, that would say, well, what, what can I do today? Should we check out Lehigh Valley? I think it just comes down to promotion. You know, mm-hmm. hey, it's a bobblehead night. It's a firework night. Is it bring your dog to the ballpark? And, you know, if Trent has more to offer, I think the parking was better. Plus, you can do some shopping if you're with the with your, you know, if that's what you want to do. Uh, if you felt safe at the ballpark, I not that Trent is a da- is a dangerous city compared to some other ones, but there's some people that have that on their mind. Uh, and there's really not much going on outside of Trent, the ballpark, compared to you know some other spots. So, All right, yeah, that's like uh, like somebody in Winsaka, Rhode Island, really doesn't care that McCoy Stadium is getting knocked down because. Polar Park is newer, nicer, and just the same amount of distance, just in another direction. Yeah. So, so I, I, yeah, hold sorry, on. I'm sorry. Allentown, uh, the ballparks, it's about a 63 mile distance between them. But yeah, there could be somebody that lives 30 miles in between those two areas. Yeah. Uh, and, and they could be saying, huh, what can we do? Okay. So I'd, I'd, I'd like to wrap up this subject with uh, one last topic here. Uh, what do we see happening? Going forward, do we see this as being a stable arrangement or are there going to be machinations and shuffling of the deck again in a year or two? (laughs) Dave, you mentioned that Major League Baseball has put conditions to a lot of these cities and a lot of these teams that they need to bring it up to a certain amount of standards, depending on which level you are at. So if teams can't make those, are are we going to see other teams in the vulture position getting ready to swoop in? I. <clears throat> my opinion, um, I think, I think if if that happens, then you're going to be seeing kind of like the um, the arms race again. Because my my question would be, how many stadiums out there are appropriate or close to appropriate that could that could step in, right? So uh, I think that was part. I think that's part of the equation is is we're going to get rid of we're going to cut the fat on a lot of these you know older stadiums that aren't aren't up to we as in major league baseball aren't up to what we think they should be and um you know i i don't i don't know how many how many out there could be maybe like i mean the only one that jumps to mind is maybe Colorado Springs but they have so many other issues i don't see them diving back in right like just with the uh it's not a good place to develop players because of the altitude and you know it's even worse there than it was in denver so i i i think it's i think it's going to be personally i think it'll be pretty stable for for a while well, i can give you a, i can give you an alley, a story here um talking about the lowell spinners and one of the big rumors up here was that they were 
the Red Sox are going to take the spinners and flip them into one of their their single A teams. So the most likely scenario that was floated around was that Salem, they were going to take the Salem team, move them up to Lowell. Now, the problem with that is Lalasher Field is nowhere near up to the standards that minor league baseball wants, which means that they were going to have to sink a ton of money into that ballpark. Lalasher Park is owned by the University of Massachusetts Lowell, who have shown no inclination to doing such a thing. So I think this has all been a lot of wishful thinking. And I actually went up there a few weeks ago for a UMass Lowell baseball game. And it was kind of creepy. It was like uh, it, it was like someone who has really? not yet quite gotten Ooh. over their ex and is waiting for them to come back because uh, all the signage, everything from the spinners' days was still there at the please park. Please come back. Yeah, I was just like, we're waiting for you. Please come they, back to me. I think there's another big factor that's involved there. And, and you know, just from your – from your specific example, you know, I look at the, you know, they're in the Carolina League, right? Salem. Right, the geography. Right. The geography, because uh, I know Colorado that. Colorado Springs we, is a good example of that. Where, did, where we had, would they fit? Yep, and we, we had Sean Aronson on, and it, they were talking about travel. Like, there's a whole, uh, I don't know, like the, the whole set of standards on, on when you can take a bus and how many buses you take and when you have to fly. Now, I don't know if that's, how much that changes down the line, but you know, to have a uh, to have a a team in Massachusetts when all of the other teams in that league are in North Carolina, South Carolina, you know, Virginia. Well, what would have had to happen, Dave, is because they would have to go into the Sally, the South Atlantic League, and Greenville would have had to move to the Carolina League. I think. Yeah, it, it, something would have to happen. It, yeah. It's just not. I don't. I don't think it's. It's just that simple. So no. Yeah, I think that was another reason why. I think the long and the short of it is, if anybody is is going to get an affiliated team, they're going to have to go about it the, uh, the Worcester way. Build a brand spiffy new ballpark, and that's what they want, right? And and Major League Baseball will respond to that if it's in the right spot. Yeah, and and what you'll see is maybe a ballpark that is independent right now or vacant would. Say, hey, we have a chance to jump back in. Let's build something new or renovate. You're going to get the arms race, like they've said. Yeah, you'll have an arms race. Yeah, no, I I can definitely see that. And uh, we'll have a lot to talk about. So I guess that'd be good for us. (laughs) Tune in in one year when we discuss the same topic again. Yeah. Well, I I think this is something we could talk about. uh, We could talk about quite often. uh, You know, maybe two more years, three more years, we'll start seeing the, the. the effects because I think right. Durham had to, uh, you know, you think of Durham, Durham, Durham you, yeah, you think Durham is probably being a very stable place, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. and and they they had to pony up some money, I believe, for uh, improvements at their their ballpark. Um, happened to them, happen you know, and and you're thinking really like <laughs> Durham, you're going to take Durham away? Like upgrades exceed ten million dollars? That's insane. Like, in order to keep that team there. Well, Based again, on- like, what do, what do you see? Like, you don't see what's underneath in the guts, right? Mm-hmm. You don't see uh, their their pitching tunnel and their, you know, batting cages room and locker and room. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, plumbing, electrical, architectural finishes, HVAC, training room, locker room reconfigurations. I mean, new batting tunnels. Yeah, all of this costs money and here's the thing and, and i'm not saying this is going to happen not over god forbid 
let's say they say, okay, Durham Bulls, yeah, we're, we're going to move the team because you don't qualify or you have not improved your stadium. What could what else would play in Durham? What would else be what would be acceptable there during the summer to join an independent league, to join a summer collegiate league? It's yeah, but if you're in Major League Atlanta Baseball, league city. if you're Major yes. League Baseball, your your answer is who cares? Yeah, that's a you that's a you problem, not a me yeah. problem. So it's like they're gonna have to get this ten million dollars to fix it up. <laughs> like Major uh, League Baseball has got all these teams by the uh, yeah, you know, I won't say it. <laughs> by the to the balls, by the balls, noise. the baseballs, by the balls. I was going to say the short and curlies, but okay, by the, the, the short and curlies. That sounds like a good name for a baseball team. Ugh. Did we get a sponsorship <laughs> from that manscaping place? No, everybody <laughs> else has one. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> what about what about the barbecue dinosaur barbecue? Have they? <laughs> Like we definitely can, we definitely can confront those guys. Uh, all right. Well, I guess that's uh, that's yeah. where we're gonna wrap it up for today. That was that was a fun conversation. I like you, Mark. I love talking about minor league baseball and yeah, minor league sports actually, not just baseball. So uh, thanks to everyone for joining us tonight. Uh, Dan, where can our listeners follow you online? Dan, you ready for your Law next eight three. <laughs> Listen to Dan playing with his echo machine. It's a $80 echo machine. The toys. Mark, where can our listeners follow you online? And hey, do you have any stadium journeys planned for the next couple of weeks? Yeah, you can follow me at Ballpark Hunter on YouTube, Twitter, also Ballpark Hunter Podcast. I have a new logo that I just uh, posted out, designed by Logan Whining. Of, or Logan Weening, sorry, of Old Fort Baseball Co. Uh, we may have some line of shirts and merchandise in the future. I'm really, I'm really getting big time with this. So, but he has a nice, wonderful uh, logo that he created. As for future trips, I hope to be in Columbus, Ohio, this weekend for a possible triple header. We're going to check out a little Ohio State baseball, followed by Columbus Clippers and a nightcap of the Columbus Crew SC. Uh, so that'd be a very fulfilling day of uh, baseball and soccer. So we'll let you know. Just follow me on Twitter and, and check out my my stuff on uh, Facebook. I'm sorry, not on Facebook, on YouTube. When you're in Columbus, you can look up our buddy uh, Pete McGinty. Pete McGinty. Oh, yeah. I just want to say. Uh, I do need to says, contact him. Greg says that I'm controlling his ECHO when I say it, so. Echo, play WMMR. Real rock that rocks. Metro Radio. MMR. Dave Cotney can be followed at ProFan9. Yeah, And he's going nowhere. He froze, so I took over for him. It's cold up there in Canada still. ProFan9 for Dave. I don't know where he's going, and I don't care right now. He's going nowhere. He's going the distance. He's going for speed. I love that song. I don't hear that nearly enough. I got no. It's one of those songs when it pops up. It's like yeah. The distance by um. Road to nowhere by. Thank you, Shauna, for subscribing again. Appreciate it. And follow. You can follow my stadium journeys on Twitter and Instagram at Puckman RI. 
uh, trips for me. So let's see, we're next getting together on May 10th. So not a whole lot going on. We've got the uh, Providence Bruins finishing up their season. So you can always find me at the dunk. Uh, if the weather holds up, and for me in, in New England, the season, this, the weekends have been fantastic weather-wise. So I've been able to knock out a lot of much-needed reviews nice. on the Stadium Journey site. So in the next couple of weeks, if the weather cooperates, I've got UMass and Dartmouth scheduled. I don't know if I'm going to take a trip all the way up to New Hampshire, though, because I just remembered on Mother's Day, May 8th, it'll be Mother's Day before we get together again. I'm going to Fenway Park for a morning game. They're having a game on Mother's Day starting at 1130. That'd be and, uh, nice. Pam and I will be there. There you go. At Fenway Park. That's cool. No, I'm not going to a baseball game on Mother's Day. I don't care. I don't, that's just you for me, not for you, that. you prick. <laughs> I'll, I'll pretend to be my mom. What's your father doing? <laughs> okay. Uh, again, Puckman RI, right, if you want to follow my adventures. And remember, you can find all of our stadium reviews and news items and other feature stories on our website, stadiumjourney.com. Connect with us on our social media channels. Run all of them Facebook. Uh, what's Trump's one there? Uh, Truth Teller or whatever it's called that nobody likes. Um, well, anyway, we're at, at Stadium Journey. Twitter. Is that still Instagram. around? I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> you can find yeah. audio versions of the Stadium Journey podcast by searching HIAC Talk Radio Network wherever you look for your favorite podcast. Video simulcasts, all of them, on the Stadium Journey YouTube page. And our back catalog, our old episodes dating all the way back to, what? when did we start this, 2017? I think it was 20, I think it was 1999. Five years ago. Long 1999? Time. Awesome prints. Uh, 1999. We did it on vinyl originally. <laughs> that would be awesome. At VOCNation.com. And join us for our live streams every other Tuesday night at 7 Eastern at danlaw.tv. We will be back in two weeks. That'll be May 10th, if I'm looking at my calendar correctly. We will be discussing the USFL and all these other upstart football leagues. Does anybody really give a damn? Will they survive a year or two? The answer is check the rating. Yeah. Thanks, everyone, for your support. For Dan, for Mark, and Dave is floating around there in the the internet. Bye! This this (laughs) is Paul. I wish you all safe journeys and close games. Hope to see you on the road again real soon.